As students walk through the halls in schools across the state, they're focused on the final weeks of school, prom, sports, or the other issues that comes as school year heads to its home stretch. In administration offices in places like Axtell and Valley Mills, they're focused on next year, more specifically next year's budget, and they're doing so with a lot of questions. There's more unknowns. There are always unknowns, but there are more now than, than probably ever. I, I feel like in the past we've had more information to work off of than we, than we currently have, but you know, I also understand that <clears throat> we've never had a deficit this large and and that uh, they're trying to determine a way to stop that deficit. So, you know, I guess that's why there's so much indecision. The first voice was that of Stanley Harris, superintendent of Axtell ISD, followed by Larry Robinson, his counterpart at Valley Mills. They've spent hours in their offices and in the state house in Austin trying to figure how much the state budget cuts will impact their schools. Numbers vary in the billions. Bills differ in the Texas House and Senate and districts trying to prepare various budgets for differing scenarios are finding the whole process very confusing. Whatever the number, Stanley Harris of Axtell is preparing for it to be painful. The results could be more uh, oh, severe in terms of uh, what funding we have to work with uh, in, the, in the years to come. Educators are protesting the cuts across the state, but smaller districts are protesting more than just the cuts. They worry that across-the-board cuts will have a greater impact on them. Their districts are property poor, meaning they don't receive the property tax income that due larger in richer districts, so they rely more on that state income. Larry Robinson of Valley Mills. We get funded uh, at around $4,900 per student, uh, where those places, you know, 10000 per student or 12000 per student. And so if they cut 6% from them, and they cut 6% from us, you see the difference. What would be the best case scenario is to balance that out and, and make it realistic that, that it is equitable for everybody across the state. And then when you cut 6%, everybody's on the same playing field. Uh, that's best case scenario. I, I, I don't think they will do that because politically it would just be a nightmare. Patrick Flavin is a professor of political science at Baylor. Dr. Flavin explains just one of the many sub-debates that rages in the overall debate on education spending, one that Harris and Robinson hope to see be more equitable to their small districts. So Texas has had a, an interesting relationship with how the state funds local school districts, uh, which is a major part of the education debate in this country because localities that are uh, poor and have a lower property tax base are going to need more state money. Uh, so some states have really taken uh, the forefront on this and, and taken the lead and have gone to almost totally state funding of, of public education. Texas uh, hasn't gone quite that far, but they do have mechanisms in place and funding in place where they will allocate some money from the state revenues down to districts to try to equalize out revenues. And so uh, why that's important now is that any time that you, you have to start cutting state budgets. The school districts that are going to suffer the most are those that benefit the most from state equalization efforts. And so any sort of budget cuts are going to disproportionately hurt uh, localities with a smaller property tax base. In, in the years you've spent watching politics, is that something you've ever seen where they look at ways to share that burden a little more equally among districts? It's certainly politically controversial because it's, it basically redistributes resources and tax money from property rich or wealthier districts to property poor or poorer districts. Uh, and that's not always a, 
a popular thing among those living in wealthier districts. So um, states that have that have gone to the state funding model have had to have had have met resistance doing that. And I I'm guessing here in Texas that's where the, the the resistance would come from. Is is we already here in Texas redistribute in that. Uh, Property poor districts that 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 require more resources from the state do get it, um, but then of course when resources fall, they're 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 the ones that are hurt the most by that because, as I said before, they can't supplement it with, with, uh, property tax increases at the at the local level. Each school district is different, and uh, each of us have our own uh, own uh, burdens, I guess, uh, to uh, to deal with, and our own issues to deal with. So. Uh, We've just got to handle this the best we can and uh, hope that there, in our case, hope that there's some equity in whatever plan they do come up with uh, in Austin. And uh, with that, we'll go forward. So Stanley Harris spends his days planning various budgets featuring best-case and worst-case scenarios for Axtell, knowing that if the cuts are severe, the pain won't be felt for a couple of years. In the meantime, he fights for that redistribution that Dr. Flavin spoke of, surrounded by others from small districts statewide. We'll continue to look at this issue tomorrow as Harris and Robinson talk about how they plan for situations such as this. For KWBU News, I'm Derek Smith.